Welcome to Full Release with Samantha B. Hopefully you'll experience one by the end of this. Wow, this is a very special episode of this podcast because like Bill O'Reilly, we're doing it live. That's right. This is happening in real time in front of a virtual audience of who knows how many people. And what makes it even more special is that this is part of the Toronto Hot Docs Podcast Festival. That's right. Toronto, home to the Maple Leafs, the CN Tower, most importantly, me. I always love coming back to Canada, even if it's just online. And you know what? Maybe it's, honestly, maybe it's better this way. I can't drip sauce down my shirt if the poutine is virtual, people. I am so honored. And by the way, in my script, that is spelled with an extra U in proper Canadian fashion. I am honored to be joined tonight by an absolute national treasure, the legendary, legendary actress and comedian, Andrea Martin. You know Andrea Martin. You love Andrea Martin. She, oh, she has been making us laugh for over 40 years with her impeccable Emmy-winning sketch comedy work on the iconic SCTV series, which was like the air that I breathed growing up. Her appearances in hit movies like My Big Fat Greek Wedding, her prolific work on TV, TV shows like Great News, Evil, and Harlem, and of course her Tony-winning Broadway performances in shows like Pippin. My God, if that's not enough, she's the author of Lady Parts. She has a star on Canada's Walk of Fame. She'll also be appearing in the upcoming CW adaptation of the British panel show, Would I Lie to You? I literally told my producers that I would throw up with joy <laughs> if we were able to book her. She's listening to this introduction. <laughs> it has to be such an uncomfortable experience. I just, it is such a thrill oh, for me to welcome you, Andrea Martin. My God, thank you for saying yes. Thank you so much. How are you? How are well, you? after that intro, it's just... I feel like I should put my pajamas on and go to sleep because... <laughs> Everybody get a cigarette and light up. <laughs> well, you're so kind to say all that. And um, I... This is... Look at... Honestly, every time I ever talk to anybody from Canada who, um, right. you know, has made it or is doing so well in their career and their life, I, I feel um, it's a small group of people. And I feel yes. so, yeah. So I feel like we're immediately family. Honestly, I don't want to be corny, I but it does feel God. like that. So it does. It feels like that to me as well. And yeah. it's so funny because as we were getting ready to do this podcast, we're just, we have a language that is so, <laughs> we just immediately launch into, we're like talking neighborhoods in high school. We're just completely in our own world. Yeah. And everybody who's putting the podcast together is like, I don't know what these neighborhoods are. <laughs> what restaurants are you talking about? I don't know who Peter Zowski is. What? Oh, Peter Zowski. Oh. Yes, I know. We could talk forever. Well, forever. We can, um, yeah. Forever. So, uh, whatever here whatever you need, I'm here. Oh. Thank you. you. Yes. Okay, we have to take a quick break, though, and we will be right back. I have a lot of questions for you. This is my last, and I don't like to, you know, I don't, I don't like to to be too too self indulgent when I start the podcast. But I do have to say that just I don't think that there's a Samantha B without an Andrea Martin. Like I don't. When I say that SCTV was the air that I breathed, like that's, that's, I literally watched it every single day because it was on at dinner time and we all watched TV when we ate. <laughs> so we would just, you know, you just put the TV on. I was an only child. And so, in a lot of ways, those sketches mean they showed me that women were out there doing, like, doing proper comedy, like wild sketch comedy. And what I particularly love about you, and I'll stop, I will, I promise I'll stop and ask you questions, is how much you are just in your body. You're just throwing your whole body into <laughs> everything you do, and I appreciate it. Anyway, yeah. do you, okay, here's my first question. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I remember mine, but do you remember when you got your first laugh, like your first real laugh? Oh. Did, is that when you were, did you get hooked? 
gosh. In a special, in a you know, specific. You know, Sam, I, now, now do people call you Sam or Samantha? They do. They call me Sam. They call me Samantha. I take whatever falls out of your mouth. Promise. I'm going to say Sam. Great. Because as I, I, I previously said, we're family. So I'm going to yes. say that. All right. Love it. Um, you know, I wasn't focused on um, laughter when I was mm. growing up. I it wasn't. I didn't think that comedy was a career. I, oh, the kitties behind you! It's the best. I My can't. cats are going to go wild. My cats are like, "Is Andrea Martin? <laughs> are you talking to some?" I love her. They're like, "I want to sit in the back." Like, you know what? If she can't have a better answer, we're going to get it. Okay, no, she's not bad. <laughs> not bad. We'll stay right here. I right love here. it. Right here. Park um, it. You know, I. D- uh, honestly, I, I, um, you know, I, I grew up in Portland, Maine and, mm-hmm. uh, I was, you know, at 11 years old or nine years old, I was doing children's theater. So I was focused much more on a theater than I was comedy. It honestly right. wasn't until second city, you know, way I was much older. I, I can't remember the, let me see. I must've been in my thirties is when I fell into comedy. I'd, I'd never done stand up. I hadn't done sketch. I'd never done improv. I was uh-huh. doing a musical in Toronto called um, What's a Nice Country Like You Doing in the State Like This, a, a parasitical mm-hmm. at Theater in the Dell, which I think is probably the, <gasps> do you remember that? Theater in I the do. Dell? It's no I longer sure there. It's devastating. They devastating. took it away. Mm-mm. They paved paradise and they put a kind of a parking lot there. Right. <laughs> so um, it wasn't until Second City. And then I got into Second City just because they, they uh, somebody asked me to audition so I don't think I was so dependent on laughs, nor was I looking for them. Uh-huh. Now, once I got into Second City, that's all I could think about. Right, was, right. <laughs> yeah, that and SCTV. But, you know, I think it's an interesting question. That I've never been able to, I've never been drawn to do stand-up mm-hmm. because I think it's so dependent on the end result. Did I get a laugh on that? And I think right. it's a dangerous place to be um, for me, because then I'm right. not in the moment. I'm not really thinking, right, I'm not really developing a scene. I'm just thinking, am I going to get a laugh? So that is something that I think is so, because I've, of course, I've watched everything that you've ever done. I loved great news. I was sad when it ended. You're so incredible in it, but like you really do, you take, you can see it's so, when I, and I rewatched it because I was preparing for this and I was like, I got to watch these episodes again just to get into it. And I was watching you really carefully. Sorry. And I felt like you were, uh, you were, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you really feel your back in scenes. Do you know what I mean? I feel that you're very, you're so three dimensional. I feel like you know what everything is all around you. You're so in the moment. And I, it really reads for me. All these little things that you do that indicate to me that you're so comfortable in the space. It doesn't feel like a set to me. It feels like your things, your objects. You make it so real. And I wonder if what you're saying is is because you're 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 bringing it, everything to life as an actress and also yeah. gunning toward a laugh, which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> really, you know, I, I think I'm probably naturally. Um, you know, I, I, I walk toward the light. I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm an optimistic person and mm-hmm. I'm, and I love to laugh and I, um, I have a lot of joy in my life. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, so I, I think it comes naturally is what I want right. to say. I, it's a surprise though, that I was doing theater and musical, musical theater really, um, and then I went off to do Stratford with Private Lives and Maggie Smith. What the hell was oh, I doing? There? What the hell? <laughs> no, literally, I did not know how to act. And I was on stage wow. with her. That was something. That was a oh, moment. Oh, boy. That was a moment in time. <laughs> oh, God, help oh, me. Oh, my God. Don't make me relive it. Uh, I just oh, wanted to I be in the, to sweat. Uh, tell me about it. The cat even stood still for a second. She's like, wait, I got to listen to this story. They're just like, rewind. Hold on a second. Hold on for one second. I'm going to put down this mouse and I'm going to listen. 100%. So like, okay, when you're, and you're still, you are music. I mean, you are, you are a stage, you are a stage performer. Like you do, you do it all. I mean, you, you are in every medium. I mean, 
uh, have you considered doing a podcast? Have you considered taking <laughs> oh the podcast God, world by I'd storm? I'd be so bad at pod. I'd be so bad at a podcast. Really, so terrible. I don't know yeah, about that. but you're great at it. No, you have to be. You have to have a lot of interest, I think, to be a podcast. To be a a, a real right. um, a success at a with a podcast. I think you have to really be curious and really listen. I don't know how good I am at that. <laughs> Yeah. That's true. Listening is important, but okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you, you, there's so many, when I think about all the, the characters you do, you've done in everything in SCTV too, like I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> Perini Scleroso, I can't even, <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> I was also rewatching that and just going like, I'm reliving my entire life. Oh. Do you still, do you, do you look at the, when you're, walking this earth are you still like do you identify people as your people watching and you're walking around new york city or you're walking around toronto riding your bike around the park or whatever do you see people and you're like i wish i could one day i'm going to turn that into a character one day i'm going to i'm going to take that little piece of that person and i'm going to make it into something are you an observer of people in that way yeah i, I definitely am i mm -hmm. love sitting and watching people and um mm -hmm. i was just talking to somebody yesterday actually who um was the first person i ever met when she's a manager she was a casting director then it was many years ago when i first came to new york and as i was talking to her i i sought her out because i wanted to ask her a question i said have i been lying all these years when i tell people that i was my first job in new york was a chicken on captain kangaroo and she said no you weren't you know i got you that job oh so as i'm listening to her i'm thinking and i said it out loud i said myrna I can't, I, first of all, why haven't I done you as a character? And then I said, I actually have done you as a character. <laughs> yes, I am. I do think, of, I think about that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a very, even though I did many impersonations on SCTV, yeah. it, it's not a knack that I have. I don't do it easily at all. Whereas my cohorts, like Catherine and Marty, mm -hmm. actually everybody, Marty Short, were, um, it was uh, easy for them to do uh, impersonations. Mm -hmm. I have to really focus and listen and listen and listen. And right. it does not come easily at all. So, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm still really intrigued by different mannerisms. Right. And yeah, for sure. Like it's just a little piece of something, not 100%. even the full, not even the full Monty, just a little like a, a, a turn of phrase 100%. or a way that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you, I was so excited because I did hear that Martin Scorsese was planning a Netflix documentary yeah. about SCTV. Did it get delayed? Is it still <laughs> happening? Do you know anything about that? Or is that in, did I dream it? <laughs> no, you, you're definitely right on. You know, there's a lot of personalities in SCTV and people right. were, were doing different jobs and have different ideas about the way it um, they would like to see it. And Martin Scorsese went off to do about 800 movies. So I don't sure. know when we're going to okay. do it, but it's still out there for sure. I mean, he still wants to do it. I, I don't know. I'm, you mm -hmm. know, we did a, um, a, a live event in Toronto at the Elgin oh. theater. I think it was the Elgin. It was it. Am I, am I right about that? Um, right. somebody should write a question about that at the end. I think it was right. the Elgin. <laughs> and, um, uh, so we were all there and they recorded that, but we don't really know okay. what the show is going to be. Right. Sure. I mean, that would be, I mean, that's, that, that's a lot of success. That was a breeding ground for a lot <laughs> of like enormous and very widely varied and very, very interesting careers. Yes, for sure. Did you watch comedy growing up? Did you watch, did you like comedy or um, I, guess. I watched a lot of variety shows that's what variety I loved shows. growing up I watched um I you know I remember the Ernie Kovac show and the Nairobi mm. trio and I watched um Ed Sullivan I later I watched Carol Burnett um mm -hmm. I variety shows are what I was intrigued by I love the marquee chimps on the Ed Sullivan show I loved that I loved um Topo Gijo the little mouse um mm -hmm. Yeah, it it wasn't so much comedy. You know, really, I wasn't thinking about comedy, honestly. It's so well, interesting that I've had a career in or people might know me as, as a comedic actress. Well, like, I mean, it's not like you grow up in Portland, Maine and go, well, I think I'm going to have a huge career uh, on stage and screen right, and I'm right. going to go into comedy. And uh, it's that's uh, very simple. I no, mean, but you know what, Sam? I think that 
um, the kids today, I think they actually yes. do think that. I think uh, with YouTube and the and TikTok and everything where they can see mm-hmm. their self immediately. I think they actually do have aspirations at a very young age and they're realized right. at a very young age. Yes. Um, I didn't um, think about a career. In fact, I haven't really ever thought about a career. I, I think one thing mm-hmm. has just led to another, to be honest. I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I admire people who say, you know, I never, I, I, I want to play in, in Death of a Salesman. That's the part I want to do. And I don't know if I've ever thought that. Actually. Right. Yeah. It feels like, it, you know, in some cases, it's just about you're kind of creating opportunities. Exactly. You're, you're in something, you see another opportunity, someone offers something to you, it feels weird. You're like, I don't know if I can do this. Should I try it? 100%. Just saying yes, like yes, ending your whole life. 100%. And the times that I've said no, and I've said mm-hmm. no a lot. Mm-hmm. Have strictly been because I've been frightened. That there's no doubt. I oh. I, I kind of created a, a myth that oh well I don't know if I I don't know if that part's good or I don't know if mm-hmm. I want to work with that. But when it comes down to it, I think I said no most of the times because I was frightened that I couldn't live up to where the trajectory of my career was at that moment, or mm-hmm. somebody that was asking me to do it. I thought maybe was too successful and I couldn't live up to what they expected. I've, okay. I've changed that now. Now I really am. Now when I realize that nobody's thinking about my career, only I am. <laughs> only uh-huh. when I really realize that nobody's thinking about me and what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing and why did I say that. Mm-hmm. When I realize people are only thinking about themselves, God bless them, and why shouldn't right. they be, I thought, this is ridiculous. I've really got to just just do what's in my heart and say yes. So I changed Mm. in the last few years of my life. It's taken a long time to get there, actually. What makes you say yes to projects now? Because the projects that you're involved in now are great. And really, they are really interesting and really, really different. So what gets you excited about a project now? Um, You know, I was going to say an easy thing, which is, can I have fun? Right. Um, I'm sure that's a big part of it. That's a big part of it, I big think. Part. I mean, this part that I'm doing in Evil, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd never done an hour drama before. It was during the pandemic that I was asked to do it. I probably would have said, oh, I don't know if that's up my alley. I don't know if I can be this kind of dramatic. Now. But because it was a pandemic, and I'm like, you know what? I want to work. Mm-hmm. I did it. And then it led to a Critics Choice nomination, like out of the blue. And then they made me a principal this year. And I'm having the time of my life doing it because it is different than what I've done before. So my horizons have gotten bigger. And um, I'm, I I just, I'm not taking myself as seriously anymore. I'm just, I'm taking the work seriously for Sure. sure. But I'm not thinking that my career is as precious as I believed it was. Yeah. I love that you're saying that. I think that's really, I think that's really interesting. I do sense like, because you, you work, you really like, you have hustle in you, right? Like it's, you like to work. <laughs> I, I do like to work, but I, I wouldn't say I'm a, a terrible, I'm not a pr- particularly proactive or ambitious person. I mm-hmm. love the work more than anything, when people mm-hmm. say to me, well, are you retired? Why do I get so hostile at that? First of <laughs> all, wait, didn't you see me on TV last week? No, yeah. I haven't retired. No, I get so annoyed when somebody says that, but I guess obviously I'm at the age when people want to retire. It's so cellular. I bet it is for you too. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, the the many months when there wasn't as much work as I would have been happy with. I felt really lost. I, I felt like <sighs> I don't know who I, I don't know that I define myself by work, but it's mm-hmm. so cellular that without it, I felt kind of like I wasn't existing really. It doesn't right. mean I don't, I don't mean to be so superficial because of course I have two beautiful sons and a granddaughter sure. and great friends, but it, did feel like there's so much more in me, this electricity that needs to keep going, that without it, it felt like I was um, a little stunted, if that makes sense. Right. Did you read, Did were people sending you, I mean, there was a period of time at the beginning of the pandemic where people were like, is there ever going to be TV? 
will we have TV again? Can we ever? <laughs> right. Right. Will we ever well, go back? Act. You know what I missed more than anything, though, Sam? I really miss the theater. I miss the collaboration right. of that. You know, that's my first love, really. And yes. the I miss the community of the theater. I miss the rehearsal period. I miss the green room. I miss the. Right. I really miss the community. It was really, really difficult. Uh, yeah. And and evil feels like because that's what I'm doing now. Does feel like a a, a community. So I'm happy for that. That's great. Yeah. And that's a big team. That's a big... It is. Those one-hour dramas, man, that is like a big team yeah. of yeah. people. That's a yeah. lot of work. Yeah, it is. I love it. Yeah. Have you been back to Broadway? Have you been out seeing shows? What's yes. the first? What's the first big show that you saw on Broadway? Oh, the first big show that I went back to? Yeah. Um, I would... Oh, I know what it was. It was Waitress. I went back to see <gasps> Waitress. Because I was having dinner with Jesse Nelson, who wrote the script, okay. and she said, you know, I've got to go back and give notes because Diane Paulus, the director, wasn't mm-hmm. free. Do you want to come? I said, oh, my God, I'd love to. And I sat in the audience, and we only watched the second act because we had had been dinner before. And I could, I started to cry watching it. Um, I could cry thinking about it now, really. And was, a, I mean, I love that moment. show. And then I went to see Moulin Rouge, and I saw, okay. you know, Girl from the North Country, which just closed, that I loved. And right. I've, I've seen a lot of shows, actually, that I haven't been frightened to do. I've been frightened to eat inside a restaurant, but not in the theater, because they take such precautions. Such precautions. And you can also keep, if you're uncomfortable, you keep your mask on. Everybody's masked in the theater. And I oh, think yeah, for sure you keep your masks on. Yeah. And yeah. it's weird. It's a little weird. It is a little disconcerting in a restaurant. You're like, everybody's walking around with masks on outside. And then everyone goes in a restaurant and then they take them off. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what are we doing? It's so Hang but on. You know, there was that brief period a few months ago where I was, yeah, I'm home free. Yeah. We were all eating and the masks were off and talking oh, yeah. and everything. And now I'm scared to go back out there again. Boy, it's it's it, it is tough, and and it is in in Toronto yeah. and in Canada. It's so it's much more locked. It's a, a lot more locked down than it is. it is in New York right now. Yeah, but there's a tension. There's an underlying tension everywhere. Everywhere you go. Yeah. Um, tell me about working on great news because oh. I mean that really was, I mean that really was like a. Big two-hander. That was like a juicy. You oh my god! So I love, great in it. When I say I'm going to just start at the top, so Tina Fey and Robert Carlock produced it. Everything starts at the top. The beautiful yeah. Tracy Wigfield created it. I loved her so much. Oh my god! I love the girl who played my daughter, Briga Heelan, who I She's know great. will be on Broadway soon in a new show. Uh, I love Nicole Richie. I just loved her. Um, John Michael. Uh, Oh, John Michael Higgins. Higgins. John Michael Higgins. Yeah. Uh, I loved him. Um, Horatio Sands. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just loved the cast. I was so sorry that it ended. It was so it was sorry. as close to doing a, a play as that I that I'd ever done. We were there every day, the same ensemble, five mm-hmm. days a week. It really felt like a play. I really was sad that it ended, honestly. I have to say that Nicole Ritchie for me was a huge revelation. Huge. She's so Good yes. in great news. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't have her in my brain as a comedic actress, and she's terrific. No, and totally, totally, totally natural. Totally. There's, oh my God, so much confidence, and you know that was a big leap for her, as you say. She mm-hmm. hadn't done that kind of thing. Just in her body, so yeah. appreciative of everybody around her just kind of, you know, wanted to talk to me about comedy. And I'm like, oh, my God, Nicole, I don't know if I can dissect it. But she was, right. you know, really interested and wanted to soak things up. I love her. She's a great girl. The whole cast was amazing. I really miss everybody. Really great cast. And I have had the privilege of working with Tina once before. I really, really enjoyed it. And I felt like I learned a ton from her. And, of course, I've never... I haven't seen her since, and I haven't said that out loud. But like, I learned a lot yeah. about did you do did the you business do a, from one her. Of her shows, or did you? It do was a, a I did a movie. I did a movie. Um, it was her movie with Amy Poehler called Sisters, and I oh, played yeah. one of the people at the party, and it was really fun. But it the the biggest the biggest joy of it actually was for me observing Tina and Amy working together. Yeah, their uh, their the collaborative nature of 
the set they were running. Was it like that at Great News? Did it feel that way? Yeah, you Just know, that- so Tina was mostly in New York. We shot it in L.A., uh, but she came out a, a few times. You know, it's interesting. I've, I've worked with um, Amy Poehler because I did a, a show that she produced called Difficult People. And mm-hmm. then she also produced um, her company, uh, Harlem. But early in our or in her career, Judd Apatow wrote a pilot called, um, now why am I not going to remember this? This is so bad. Um, well, have your people look, look it uh, up. We'll look it talking. up. Okay. Why can't I re- remember? The Sick in the Head, it was called. Okay. And Amy, it was Amy Poehler's first ever job, I think. She'd done improv, and then she did this. <gasps> and I thought, this girl is a huge, going to be a huge star. They are totally have totally different personalities that blend mm-hmm. so beautifully together. And um, I've had the great fortune of observing and working with both of them. Really great. It's, uh, it's a great, yeah. I've learned too from them. Would you want to do like based on now you're learning about yourself, you're doing evil, you're learning that you have all of these like untapped resources. You're like, I'm a, I gotta do, I'm going to do a, a more one hour dramas here. I'm going to be, people have to take me seriously. Is that, are you, do you get, what is it? I guess I, I don't, I think people will be curious to know, like as Andrea Martin, because for me, you're like legendary. And yet here you are, you're working, you're doing all these different things. Are people offering you jobs? Are they sending you scripts? They're like, I have saw you in evil. I'm now thinking of you for this. So is it opening up other, it's just like creating new pathways? Yeah, it, it actually has. Um, mm. I think, uh, I don't know, I guess, you know, knock on wood this, I've had steady work. My God, I've been very, really fortunate. Um, I mean, what do I long to do now? I, I really want to do a play. I want to go back to right. the theater. That's what I would like to do. Um, that's not a great, it's not a great time right now to be having right. that dream because there's a, you know, it's a, there's, it's struggling right now on Broadway. So yeah, audiences are scarce. Yeah. Would you do a, a one woman show again? You know, what is it? What's the difference? What's that like? Yeah, yeah, that was something that was lonely. Every night I would go out on okay. stage and uh, as I was walking to the <laughs> to the um, stage, I'd be going dead man walking, oh. dead man walking. That's what it was <laughs> oh, no. like. Oh, my God. And I've done a couple of them, haven't I? I've done. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. a show called Nude, Nude, Totally New at the Public Theater and then in L.A. and then. Andrea Martin, what what else was the what's the one I do right now? Final days, everything must go. I haven't, you know, right. I, you know what? I can never say no, but it's not something that I, um, it's not something that I, you know, mm-hmm. want to do immediately. I was really grateful to have done it. It was okay. a period in my life where I wasn't getting work, and oh. Martin Short said to me, "Stop complaining and write a show." And that's what I did with the the good fortune with Matt Roberts. I don't know if you Matt Roberts, who was oh. the head writer at David Letterman and okay. Seth Rudetsky, and and uh-huh. we put it we put it together. And I was it kind of got the ball rolling. You know, work begets work, as you know. Right. And as opposed to just staying home blaming everybody, um, I was proactive, and it was a a great lesson. Yeah. That's a little bit like that was my experience of sketch comedy, which was like because it was so I did sketch in Toronto with the atomic fireballs and we no one was calling us for jobs. So we just made our job. We made our own job. Right. (laughs) And And you probably have done that a lot, haven't you? A lot. Yes. Oh, yeah. A lot because it gives you it takes the focus off. Oh, nobody nobody wants me for that. And then you're not waiting for someone to call you and grant you and grant you the privilege of being a performer. You just take it, you perform. It's, it is interesting how young people go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it, what you're saying, it empowers you. But tell me about young people. What were you saying? Well, they have, so there are so many more venues now to Mm -hmm. perform. Yeah. So if you have the call to perform, were you a, when you were in shows when you were a little kid, you were um, in, you know, well, there, there weren't huge opportunities in Portland, Maine. It wasn't like mm-hmm. being in Chicago or New York or LA, but 
I, yeah, my first professional show was when I was 13. I played Liat in South Pacific at the Kenny Bunkport Playhouse when summer talk oh. was very fashionable. Yes. But I want to say about young people, I can't. And I wonder, because you're, you're, you're young, you're another generation also. I don't, so I don't know if, you're, if you notice this, but I notice that there's a confidence about young mm-hmm. people that was not in my generation. I don't know. Right. I mean, that's a real general statement, but I don't know if it's being, if you grow up in front of a camera, you're not nervous or mm-hmm. if there's an entitlement, but there's a lack of neuroses, there's great confidence, there's little humility, not a lot of modesty, but maybe you don't need that. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about all that these days. What do you think? Yeah, you kind of you roll those things around in your brain. There is, there's, I think, like my own kids are so evolved beyond where I was. I can't, I, my kids are teenagers now, but when I was a teen, I was just like a broken down, I was not a charming teenager <laughs> at all. And my children are such better humans than what I was, but like, the, the tools that they have at their disposal, how their facility with technical stuff and the fact that like, you know, when, I mean, when we were growing up, I'm 52, when we were growing up, like you watched a movie once and then you imagined that movie for the following 10 years. Like you watched Jaws <laughs> yeah. and then you were terrified of sharks for the rest of your life until you saw the movie again and you were like, wait, the shark is rubber. They... <laughs> see everything 1000 times and it has wow. so there's no mystery to oh. they're not scared to watch movies because they can see it you know it's so it's but a very why different aren't they scared themselves putting themselves out there why aren't they scared being in a venue they've never been in, in before and just landing it and doing it i don't know i mean i can't say i, I don't my kids aren't like performer kids so yeah. they don't have that those instincts in a way or they they do but they're they keep it it's really private for them so Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. they're not not don't really put themselves out in that way so i can't really speak to it but it is a different yeah and it's it's fun to it's fun for me to watch it's like very confusing for me (laughs) and i just go on the journey and i'm totally all right show me the way i (laughs) wish i had 100 percent I want your confidence. I really <laughs> would love to have not compared myself to everyone around me for like uh-huh. 45 years. Wait, been no, it's great. Great. Isn't it a waste <laughs> of time? And yet it's so much yeah. part of my fabric that ain't going away. I wish I could say I don't compare myself. I do it less. I compare myself okay. for two days as opposed to 20. I don't know. That's really yeah. good. That's yeah progress. <laughs> right. That is progress. <laughs> do you have do you have favorite characters you've played over the years? Are there things that when you th- look back on your career and, and it's still growing and evolving and whatever, but do you look back on certain things and go, oh, that was very special to me. I put yeah. a picture up on the wall of that. Oh, well, you know, that's interesting you should say pictures because I, um, really very often, I would say all the time in theater, always find a picture that means something to me. And it's mm. always in a frame on my dressing room. Um, oh. my dressing room. Yeah, that's, um, you know, when I did Young Frankenstein, I did have a picture mm. of Cloris Leachman in there. But um, and then another, um, gosh, I can't remember her name, um, Rebecca, the actress who played in Rebecca. It's it's so it's visual. And I and I look at okay. that and it gives me yeah. But that wasn't your question. What were some of my favorite characters? Um, mm-hmm. I would say the opportunity to play Serafina Della Rosa in the Rose Tattoo at the Huntington Theater was a great privilege in my life. That mm-hmm. a director, a very close friend of mine who's since passed away, Nikki Martin, gave me the opportunity to do a play. Uh, I mean, it was Tennessee Williams only comedy, but it was still Tennessee Williams. And so I will never forget that. It was, it um, really took me to another level. I I worked on it for two years. I went to Sicily. I went to Italy. I worked with vocal coaches. I I took it so seriously. And um, 
So it was a great privilege to have done that. I would like to be able to do something wonderful in another classic right. play again. Yeah. And Pippin, the character in Pippin, I will, I will never forget. It was such a joyful um, experience to be able to be on a trapeze and yes. live, live out circus dreams that I'd had for years. Circus dreams. You went to circus school. <laughs> I to went to circus school for... and I studied what? with Jacques Lecoq many years you ago. You did? Past. I did, yeah. And I've loved, okay. loved, loved Julietta Messina, Fellini's wife, you know, and, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, Julietta the Spirits, many movies. So to have that opportunity to, be, to live out that dream was really special. Was it scary? It was real. I was terrified. Really scary. Yeah, terrified. <laughs> oh my goodness. I do remember being in theater school and we talked about Jacques Lecoq a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, those like scary European clowns, like that's like serious business. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant was Pippin terrifying. Oh, well, that too. Terrifying. Pippin was terrifying because I was on a trapeze 12 feet above the stage. But um, yes, yeah, that was something. Did you ever find yourself up there and you were just like, what am I? What am I doing up here? <laughs> what have I done? I would think that every single night in rehearsal, we'd rehearse mm -hmm. the routine before okay. we went up, the curtain went up. And mm -hmm. every and th the reason that why I was terrified is I was me rehearsing. I wasn't the character yet. But the oh. minute I got into this sounds like such malarkey, but no, it's no, really no. the truth. As soon yeah. as I got the costume on and the wig on, and I was Bertha, the character, I wasn't mm -hmm. frightened anymore. I I was um, not frightened when we were performing in front of an audience, but I was rehearsing. Yeah. Ah, oh, that is so. Oh, I love that you articulated that for me. That is really, really interesting. I really like what you just said. I, that I, yeah, that's, that's great. I, I get that. I get that. I yeah. do get that. Yep, yeah. Yep. I understand what you mean. Those moments where you have something very challenging to execute mm -hmm. on a daily basis, you have to have a touchstone, right? Yes. You have to like come back to like let's your your hand goes here. I'm doing this. You're gonna put this thing on, and up we go. Yeah, yeah. We're twelve feet in the air. I like the word touchstone though, because I have to in everything I do. When I maybe there'll be a moment where I'm not confident, or I'll be in my head and not thinking about the character. I have to come back to a basic place, which is, um, it's not about me. Mm. What can I give? And I caught, I got this from a beautiful Canadian actor who has, who's no longer with us. His name was Brent Carver. And maybe your audience. I remember Brent. I yeah, loved of him. Course. And he would say before he performed, I, I, I need to do this and grace will take over. And I use that a lot now as if I'm nervous or, um, you know, I'll say that. And it's, magical it really works so wow. i do there are little touchstones that i use for sure yeah that is fantastic oh that's so i'm gonna write that down for yeah, myself lovely, right yeah that's lovely yeah that's beautiful okay i need to squeeze in another quick break here I'm going to open this up to okay. some audience questions. Are you okay with that? Why Let's not? See. Well, I'm going to. I'm going I to need do... to do this, and Grace will take over. Grace will take over. <laughs> okay. We're going to look at these questions. My producers have just graciously compiled them all in a beautiful list. Okay. Oh, look at this. Well, someone wants to know what it was like working with Maggie Smith. <laughs> this is trauma. How no, dare you? It was. It was. Um, it was terrifying. <laughs> but what was extraordinary about it was when I wasn't on stage, I would uh, stand in the wings and watch her and Brian Bedford, who she was playing opposite. I'd watch her technique. I watched her relationship with the audience. That oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually learned a lot from watching her. I was too terrified when I was acting with her, but I was, I watched her and observed and um, she was she had the audience in the palm of her hand, never needed a laugh, ne always got a laugh, but you never right. thought she took her time. She was confident. You could tell as she was gearing up for a laugh that a laugh was going to come. It was a 
brilliantly technical. Well, there's nobody like her. I've never seen anybody since then who's able to manipulate words, language, and an audience Mm. at the same time. It was Mm. an extraordinary lesson. Wow. What? Okay. That. Mm. Oh wow. All right. Oh, oh, here's a good question. Okay, Andrea. Uh I love Black Christmas. Do you have any memories from that film? Oh, so we shot Black (laughs) Christmas in Toronto up in Forest Hill. Mm -hmm. And um, do I have any memories? Here's what I remember. Not so much making the movie, but I remember seeing the movie after we made it. And I'm like, this is really scary. You know, when you're making a movie, you're not aware that it's going to be sound effects and special effects. And there's going to be some noises up in the attic. And oh, my God. But what do I remember? I remember Olivia Hussey, who was just a beautiful young actress. I think she just in Romeo and Juliet with Zeffirelli. I remember May She Rest in Peace, Margot Kidder, um, who I had a lot of scenes with. And um, mm-hmm. and Bob Clark, who directed it, who of Porky's fame. He's no longer with us. Wow. Right. You know, wow. I've had a, a lot of opportunities in my life, and they a lot of them have been with you know, pivotal right. people in my career. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Here we go. Here's, this is a good question. Is there a particular show or creative project that you worked on that was a turning point for you where something clicked creatively for you and you felt a new sense of confidence oh, that's good. as a performer? That's a very kudos for that question. Oh, very good question. About that. Um, where I felt I can do this, where I had another right. confidence. You know, why is this coming to mind? But it must be correct, or I wouldn't be thinking of it. So the wonderful James Lapine of Sunday in the Park fame wrote um, a play based on Moss Hart's book, Act One. Mm. And I was lucky enough to be in it with at the Lincoln Center with um, Tony Shalhoub and um, Santino Fontana. And I played oh. three different parts in it. And I, it was a lot for me because it was dramatic. And um, I, didn't, I didn't know that I could do it. But we started to perform it. Mm-hmm. And with the, I, I don't know, I, maybe it was the language of the play or the, the theme of the play, or maybe it was the actors that I was working with. But I realized for the first time kind of that I could be on stage and be still and still be interesting. And um, I think it was a pivotal time actually. Mm. Yeah. It was just a few years ago. I could take my time and be still and I, uh, and it was okay. So I kind of used that since then. Yeah. You know, what's so funny. I feel that because you've you've had this incredible career which is still continuing but i feel like people wouldn't necessarily understand that even even at this level that you're at you're still learning yeah and i'm sure that's the joy it is the joy you know i wish that i had a slight bit more calm i w- here's what i wish mm-hmm. that I didn't have to go through so many layers in order to get to where I need to be in right. a performance. But you know what, Sam? I do. Hey, and that's it's fine. That's this is the your, way it is. And I bet if you asked a lot of actors, they they might admit it. But I bet there are more actors than not that do it. It it makes it less fun the journey because I'm so caught up with and then I've got to do and I've got to do that when I have an inkling that it can be easier. So I'm on that journey that maybe but I might never get there. And that's my yeah. I guess that's my method of doing it. But yeah, yes. I don't think there's any right or wrong way right. to do it. Maybe it's that's just the, how you do it. Yeah, that's just how you do it. That's how they do it. I do. I think there is some kind of like, I do think like in the world, people have, a, they have a version, you know, they have a version in their head of Andrea Martin or like, you know, famous, famous actresses and stuff where they don't, they feel like, they they don't necessarily want to know that it's hard. They're, they they want to believe 
Okay. All right. That's that it's, really easy. Yeah, that it's easy and it's just a champagne party. We're just like, it's a, just cocktails. Cocktails and a script. Here's what it is, though. <laughs> it's always, always fun. I have to yeah. say it is. It's always at the at the end of the road of the rehearsal period. And when that's why theater is so fabulous, because there's that beautiful, right. luscious rehearsal period of angst and I don't know and not confidence. But then when I'm finally on that stage and doing it every night, um, mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's just what is it? It's otherworldly, I guess. It's um, yeah. It's feel like I'm so, existing on a different plane. Yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, why do it? Like yeah, it has exactly. to also, you got to get something out of it. It's <laughs> yes. got to be fun for God's sake. <laughs> oh my Lord. Do you, are there, are there, here's a good, this is a good question. Are there podcasts that you listen to? But I'll expand that. I'll say like, what do you, what are there? Are there podcasts that you listen to? I, there are some that I listen to every single day. Uh, are there television shows that you're watching right now? What, what is your entertainment these days? What gives you... You know, I don't listen to podcasts, and I should because I have no. friends that do them, but I don't listen to podcasts. Um, what is my entertainment these days? Shark Tank, which I can't get enough of. Mm, I like Shark Tank. <laughs> Shark Tank. Much. I've been watching a lot of movies, I guess, on Netflix and everything. What do I enjoy? What I truly enjoy, which has been a godsend, is that I have a bicycle mm. and I ride around New York City and I'll go down to the Statue of Liberty or I'll go up to um, the cloisters or uh-huh. I'll just go around Central Park and I'll sit and I'll watch people. And um, that, that brings me a lot of joy. Being outside, being mm-hmm. physical brings me a lot of joy. So I would say that brings me more entertainment than um, staying at home. and right. I also Staring love to go to your... the theater. I love to go to the museum. I just was at MoMA yesterday. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and I love that. Oh. I love I love doing singular activities that can mm-hmm. just kind of fill me where I can just right. let, what, yeah, yeah. I hope you're on the bike paths because the <laughs> roads know. are scary. You've got to stay to, stick to the, the paths. The bike paths, though, i got to tell you, the people going down the wrong, you know, you oh. got to go the right way. Never mind. You do. Don't get me started. Yeah. No, no. Right. Oh, and someone wants to, you to know that the, the special where you all gathered together from SCTV was indeed at the Elgin Theater. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank they you. They were there. Oh, yay. Yep. And let me see what's... Oh, here's a good question. Oh, what was John Candy like? That's a good question. John Candy was exactly the way you would think he was. That's mm. who he was. There was wow. no filter. It was totally transparent. Um, the jovial, loving, great actor, uh, warm, like next door neighbor right. feeling you had with John is really who he was. That's exactly right. who he was. A great, unique person who died way too early not just because he had a beautiful wife and two beautiful children because he had so much more to give also in his career he was a really gifted actor and he was just beginning to show that in planes trains and automobiles yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i have to tell you we've been talking for an entire hour I'm sorry. It, it passed in the it passed in the blink of an eye. It passed the time it takes for a butterfly's kiss to land the time on it your takes cheek. Your cat to walk from one end of the window, one end to the other. To the do other. you have? Do you have a pet? Do you have cats? Do you have a cat or a? Do you have anything? We did have two cats that are no longer with us. We had two rats. Rat and Coco were their names. What? You had two rats? That the cats played with. Yes. Yeah. When the kids were growing up. I love, you know what? I really do. I really do like rats. I don't love rats. I don't love seeing them scurry around on the street after dark. I don't, no. I, but I don't, don't want to see them in the subway. No. You don't want to see them in your bed. But I'll tell the you where you want to see them. A, a pet rat in a cage, in a little maze. They're very, very smart, very loving. Yeah. Very smart. How did you come to have pet rats? Because my younger son wanted a snake for a pet. And I said, oh. Joe, you guts to think of something else. I don't think I can have a <laughs> snake in the house. And he I'm going to need an alt. <laughs> I'm going to need... <laughs> 
you got to come up with another idea. I love you unconditionally, but mama's not going to have a snake in the house. So he came up with rats and I had to do it. And I loved them. I loved them. The little rats would be perched on his shoulder and coming home from school, they would meet him at the door. Yeah. And the cats got along with him, didn't want to eat them. It was fabulous. Well, rats are tough. You know, your cat looks at a rat and goes, this is going to be tough. This is a tough battle. I don't think I'm here for it. Maybe I'll just consider you to be a smaller cat. If you have, or if you have a cousin, say a mouse, you could introduce me to them. (laughs) I'd be happy. Right. (laughs) I'd be happy with that lunch. I'll take them on a tour. I'll take them on a tour of the house. It's going to be fun. Trust me. Well, this was just, this was just one of, just my greatest pleasure. I, really do. I truly admire you. This is, I feel like I've learned something in this conversation. I think I'm going to, I'm going to remember it for a really long time. Sam, and, this uh, has been great. I love the career that you have. I love oh. you. I, I, I love that you can combine beautiful femininity and, and uh, your maternal life and your beautiful marriage with biting uh, political awareness. I mean, really, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. You know, you, you remained, um, I, you know, relatable and, and, and oh. soft and lovely and beautiful and still biting and yeah, you tear your yeah. head off. So yeah. it's wonderful. God bless you. Look at us out there hustling, doing the work. All right. Doing the Vida Loca. Okay. Doing it. Um, Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you very much for having me. Okay. That was incredible. Thank you so much to Andrea Martin. I'm going to need a towel. I got to wipe off all of the admiration sweat. Okay. Thank you so much to everyone for joining us. We felt your presence out there. You were so supportive. This was, this conversation exceeded every one of my dreams. I'm not going to cry right now, but I absolutely could. I just will not do it. I will not subject you to my tears. So thank you all for joining. Thank you to the Hot Docs Festival for hosting us. And again, to Andrea Martin for being a goddamn living legend. Good night. I hope you liked my podcast. If you did, let me know in the comments. If you didn't, please consider hate listening in the future. Seriously, though, please rate, review, and follow for release in Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Spread the word about this podcast. In the meantime, keep sending us your comments and questions to full release at sambi.com. We might even be featured in one of our special bonus episodes exclusively available on Stitcher Premium. Don't forget to tune into Full Frontal with Samantha B. Now Thursdays at 10 p.m. on TBS, and we'll see you next Tuesday for another full release. This podcast is brought to you by Earwolf and TBS and was produced by Adam Howard and Sophia Barron-Weinstein with IT and technical production provided by High Tech. It was edited by Julia Fott and hosted by me, Samantha B. Who is seeing this Zoom? People? Yeah, <laughs> people all across Canada and around the world.